0: Hello and welcome to episode 287 of section 138. I'm your host, Mark Hawley, and I'm joined by Jacob this episode. Jacob, it's been a bit since we talked. Uh, the Blue Jays come away from this West Coast road trip, three and three. They take two of three from the Dodgers to cap it off. How are you?
1: I'll tell you what, after that last game of the series, uh, a lot better. Uh, I think that the road trip... it. It was a little bit of a mess. I mean three and three is not a great record, so it's not like I'm uh completely inaccurate on that, but thank God they were able to get that win and and head to uh head to that game against LA or or head back to Toronto to play um the other LA team, at least on a bit of a higher note, because it was it was ugly. I mean we'll eventually get into it, but that second game of the series, you know, you talk about games that you need to win. That is one of them and it's just that's brutal. But regardless, I'm a lot better knowing how that series ended. At least, even if you're going to lose that first series against the Mariners, you still beat the Dodgers, who are a good team, win that series, and at least prove to your dear uh, front office that this team is uh, at least somewhat worthy of uh, of buying.
0: Yeah, this might be an unpopular opinion, but if you tell me at the start of this road trip that the Blue Jays are going to go three and three, like I think that's like it's a perfectly fine result to take against two teams that are relatively good I know the Mariners are kind of in the wild card race kind of on the brink right now but then you look at the Dodgers and their team that has a you know 57 and 42 record this season or I mean at the end of this series that's where they're sitting now or 58 and 43 after the end of this series with the Jays so if you tell me at the start of this road trip that that's what the Jays are going to do I think I'm fine with that the problem then becomes how they lose a lot of these games, certainly over the weekend in Seattle and especially in the middle of the game that of this three-game series against the Los Angeles Dodgers. I mean, just absolutely brutal, leading by four runs heading into the bottom of the ninth because of a clutch hit from Danny Jansen, and then you just give it all back up and blow it in the tenth again. So that was an absolutely brutal way to lose a ball game, but at least the Blue Jays salvage a series and take two of three. Against the Dodgers. Um, let's talk about some of the individual performances from this series. One guy that everyone is talking about, and rightfully so, is Jay Jackson. Um, he made a very incredible appearance in the first game of this series. Of course, we know it went into extras, it went all the way to the 11th inning. Jay Jackson pitched the 9th and the 10th innings. Pitched two complete innings, one walk, two strikeouts, no hits, no runs. Absolutely phenomenal stuff from Jay Jackson. The game kind of turned into the Jay Jackson game by the end of it, even though, of course, we were all thinking of the Dalton Varshow big clutch hit that came in the top of the 11th. So Jay Jackson kind of arrived in that game. I think you were kind of having a... He's kind of having a renaissance, I guess you could put it. Like, I think we're kind of... Starting to realize how good he's been. Because he's been very sneakily good for the Blue Jays. And if we're giving out a sweet relief award this week. I think it probably goes to Jay Jackson. Because the one run he's given up this season. The one run in 15 innings is a home run to Aaron Judge. When Aaron Judge was peeking over to the Yankees dugout. And we know Jay Jackson was tipping pitches. That's the only blemish that Jay Jackson has this season On his record, and other than that, he's been phenomenal. He had another appearance in Wednesday's game that was 1.2 innings. He got five outs and didn't give up a run. So he's kind of settled into this very dominant kind of, I guess you could almost call it, long relief. Like he's pitching more than one inning, at least lately. And so that was really impressive. And for a Blue Jays bullpen that needed someone to step up in a three-game series where they had to pitch 30 innings, Jay Jackson was that guy.
1: Yeah, that bullpen was just absolutely taxed, and you could see it, uh, especially in that second game of the series, like, people are saying, well, why is Mitch White pitching, who else is going to pitch at that point, like, unless you want to, I mean, I'm kind of joking when I say this, but I guess someone would think it's serious, unless you want to throw in a starter, but obviously that's not going to (laughs) happen, but yeah, Jay Jackson, like, you look at what he's been doing, and like, obviously you mentioned, the 15 and two-thirds innings, not a ton. He's only, I mean, he's been up and down a lot this season. I mean, he's definitely not going down right now. But uh, 16 strikeouts, you mentioned the only the one-earned run, three walks, like, he's been good. Like, in this 11 games, like, I know just over a strikeout per inning is nothing crazy, but when you think about what he's been able to do in, that, in such a short period of time, uh, and especially as a reliever, like, that's the thing, like, numbers as a reliever, I almost take... Uh, with, uh, with more value than I do a, a starter obviously for different reasons but because relievers are pitching maybe an inning or two every two or three days so if you have you know a super low ERA like Tameza or Jay Jackson does you know that this guy has been really good consistently because one earned run like we saw with Mesa, his ERA went from like 101 to 130 after giving up uh, just an earned run or so so you look at what this guy's able to do and I mean of his strikeouts, like the sixteen of them, I mean, he had that the uh, the four strikeouts against the uh, the Astros, but other than that, like you look at it, three in 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 the last game of the series, two in the second game of the series, one against Seattle, another against the Padres. Like a lot of these strikeouts are coming from recently, and he's just he's been lights out. And you know, you talk about, I mean, we'll get into it later, but the whole trade deadline situation. JJ Jackson out of nowhere just became your, your free trade piece that just came up and is out of nowhere been really good. You look at Chad Green. You look at Hyunjin Ryu. Like, this team is kind of getting those trade pieces without even having to do all of the work necessary to go into trades. And I know they have made some trades, but these guys might be the saving grace that this team needs because, like, I know they've been playing well and they've got an AL best record of 30 and 20 in their last 50 games, but it does not feel like that. Like, they'll... They'll go out and win, uh, you know, like a blowout eight to one game against the Dodgers. Then blow a seven to three lead, less than twelve hours before that even happened. Like th- that is the one frustrating thing about that this team is it it it's not even as if they have a high ceiling and a low floor. It's like they'll do really well and then they'll just play a game that makes you want to like just crawl your or uh, just claw your yeah. eyes out,
0: bash your head yeah. into a brick wall. Like
1: it's <laughs> it's bad, but. Anyways, on top of like, or to get back to these types of uh, these pitchers, like you look at what Jay Jackson's doing with the struggles of Adam Simber and I mean the injuries to him, Nate Pearson going down, like you need somebody like this to just, I'm not saying he's personally holding down the fort, but he's part of the reason why, why, even if, if players are struggling, players are overworked, going down to the minors, injuries, whatever, you know that at least there's somebody else that you can call up uh, and, and just have you throw, have you uh, throw you call quality innings.
0: Yeah, and it's especially interesting when you go back to literally three days ago when the Blue Jays are adding Genesis Cabrera to the roster and they have to make a decision about you know who the guy is that's on the brink of this roster, who's the one who's going down to the minors, and basically the decision was between Nate Pearson, Jay Jackson, or Mitch White. Mitch White we know doesn't have options left, so that kind of limited the Blue Jays' options and what they could do, but people genuinely wanted Jay Jackson sent down over Nate Pearson and... You know, I I just you look at the stats lately, and Jay Jackson has very quietly been a phenomenal reliever for the Blue Jays, and so it's interesting to think that not that long ago people were thinking about Jay Jackson being sent down to the minors, but of course we know how good he's been in the majors. And you mentioned that thirty and twenty stat over their last fifty games, and how that's the best mark in the American League. I think like that's the most baffling stat I've seen in quite a while. Like it's if you just compare the difference between what we think we're watching in the Blue Jays, like what the eye test tells you watching this team and how good they've actually been based on the stats, those two things are mind-bogglingly different. Like there's no... I, the the chasm between those two things is really shocking. Like if you told me by eye test how the Blue Jays have played in the last 50 games, maybe I would guess the record is like 25-25. Maybe if we're being generous, I'd say 26-24. But best in the American League at 30-20... and 20. Is kind of shocking, but it does go to show, like, I, I guess, A, how frustrating this season has been, but B, how this team has kind of secretly been not so bad. Like, you look at the standings, they are, as things stand now, 11 games over 500. They're five they they're 5.5 back in the AL East race, and, and they currently sit in a playoff spot in the wildcard race. So, I don't know, it, it's so tough to square where our expectations are at with this team and what they're doing in reality, but I don't know. I think the trade deadline may trade change this a little bit because if you go out and make big moves, the expectations are going to change again and maybe it energizes the team, but even right now, I'm just kind of confused at like our perception of the Jays and then where they actually are in the standings and that sort of thing.
1: Well, I don't want to necessarily scare you, but I mean, in this 50-30... and 30 or 15 20 stretch. Or no, sorry. In this 30 and 20 stretch over the last 50 games, I was like that doesn't add up. But in that stretch, Blue Jays have been no hit by the Tigers, blown out by the Marlins, swept in a four-game series from the Red Sox or by the Red Sox. Then they go on to sweep the Pirates. 3 game wi- series. No, when it's we're four.
0: the day weekend.
1: No, at the uh start of May.
0: Was that 50 games ago? I
1: think I think no it's just on the brink of it. But um Anyways, what I'm getting at is, like, you look at this team, like, they're playing well, and then you see them just, the, the way they lose, it's like, this, how does this even happen? And then, yeah, that's just what's so baffling. I feel like a trade is inevitable, just given that, like, you are a contending team. I mean, just trying to pull up the standings really quickly. Like, they do have, um, they are in a wild card spot. They do have a game and a half lead over the Red Sox. Obviously, they're gonna. You're not gonna uh, treat this as like, a, oh, they're not gonna make the playoffs type situation. Like, you are very much in the race, most likely going to make it. Uh, so, a trade is inevitable. I just, I don't know what the trade is. Like, what do you? I mean, other than just arms, like other than relief, other than, I mean, I doubt they go out and get a starter, but it'll definitely be interesting to see what they, uh, what the front office truly thinks that this team's needs are. Because sometimes it's just the entire team plays bad.
0: So that four-game sweep by Boston was the start of May. The fifth, the, Their last 50 games dates back to May 27th. So the four-game sweep isn't included in that, but the three-game sweep over Canada Day weekend that Boston took over the Blue Jays is included with that. And, yeah, you mentioned, like, there's a lot of games in there that are not good games, like an 11-0 loss to Miami. Like, you lose a series to Texas, you lose a series to Baltimore, you lose a series to Minnesota um like there's a lot of games in there that you would rather forget than remember at this point but somehow the blue jays are still managed to have the best record in the american league over that span so yeah it's just kind of confusing when you think about it that way
1: which Um, remember in may they had that just brutal month like like in total yeah so like yeah it was just a little bit little bit outside of that but that whole month like that was ugly for the team
0: yeah like you they lose the force four games of the They get swept by Boston to start the month. They sweep Pittsburgh. Then they get swept by Philly. They sweep Atlanta. But then they lose one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven of eight games to the Yankees, the Orioles, and the Rays. And those are games you need to win. And we know how bad the Jays have been against AL East rivals this season. I think, you know, when you think about like why we perceive the Jays to be the way they are this season, I think one of the big reasons might be because how they're performing against AL East rivals because that factors into their ground in the standings and how we perceive them against other teams we know are good. So I think that might be a big part of it. But uh, just to touch on a couple other guys from this series who performed well, Whit Merrifield had an incredible series. He's scorching hot right now. We went four for five in the the, the series opener on Monday. And then he came back on Wednesday, yesterday, and had a two for four night with four RBIs. So great performance from him. And then Beau Bichette as well. He had gone 0 for 18 um after the first game of this series he had been 0 for his last 18 and then he went 7 for 11 in the last two games of this series and just kind of basically went crazy on Tuesday's game he went four for six and then Wednesday's game he went three for five so shout out to both those guys who I mean as much as we talk about trade deadline acquisitions like there are some guys on this team who just haven't lived up to expectations offensively and if Bo can kind of Kick this recent cold spell and get hot again. And if Whit Merrifield can stay this hot, and then if you get someone like Matt Chapman clicking again, or Don Verchow, who had a walk, uh, not a walk off, but a, a big um, two run double in the eleventh uh, inning to win Monday's game, like if you can get these guys clicking again, like the talent is there. So it's as good as a trade deadline acquisition because they haven't showed up all year, but. Um, the talent's there, so the Blue Jays have the potential, at least, in the offense. But let's talk a little bit more about the trade deadline, because...
1: Just before that, uh, yeah. speaking of guys who need to get hot, George Springer, I think he wants to get back to Toronto more than anybody. An O for 22 road trip. I'm not even going to count the last time he got a hit, because if I do, it's going to be closer to 30 at that point. Over over 0-for-30. He hasn't had a hit since July 16th, which... Right.
0: 11 days ago. Yep.
1: I mean, I can't even say, like, he's walking a few times, but, like, when you're 0 for 6 with, no, he didn't even walk that game. He walked uh, the last two games of the series against the Dodgers. So, yeah, he's he's really scuffling. And, I mean, I get it. George Springer, former Astro in L.A., it's not really a great fit. But still, like, this was a terrible series for him. And he is your leadoff hitter. Like, it's not as if you can just throw somebody else in there, and that's your new george springer for the next little while like he this is who you're paying to lead off and play right field he's just he's been really scuffling lately
0: yeah and when you factor in all the double plays he's grounded into as well that sort of like contribution to the team plus or minus is very much in the minus category right now for the second half of the season or at least after the all-star break although like i'll be honest like George Springer's not someone I'm worried about down the line. Like, I feel like no matter what, he always finds a way to break out of these slumps in the most dramatic way possible. And he always seems to show up in September and perform in the clutch. And so I'm not terribly worried about him. Like, there are other guys that I put above him in terms of worry about their performance. Like, I think Matt Chapman is a guy that I worry about more than George Springer. Even though Chapman's like hotter, like he had a home run in this series, he's hotter than George Springer is right now, but he just hasn't shown the ability this season to stay totally consistent on the field. And so he's someone I'm a little bit more stressed about than George Springer when it comes to performance. Because I know George Springer's gonna get hot at the right time. I'm not so confident with Matt Chapman, and of course he's shown this season that he can be very inconsistent and run very hot and cold. Um but in terms of the trade deadline, talking about who the Blue Jays should target, who sh- they should go after, as things stand now, we are not very far away from the 6 p.m. on August 1st trade deadline. We are less than a week, about five days away as we record this now. Um, Jacob, I'm curious who's on your wish list. Like, If you had to pick like one or two guys at this trade deadline for the Blue Jays to go out and say, we're going to get you to improve our team, uh who do you pick? I guess to start off with like what's the number one priority for you? Like is it a starter, is it a reliever, is it a power bat? Um who are who do you think the Blue Jays should target and then who's on your wish list?
1: So Oh, I know there's going to be a lot of people that don't like this, but oh, uh no. <laughs> Wait, who do you think I'm going to say? I have a feeling you you might know it.
0: Well, after you just said that, I'm going to guess Marcus Stroman. Ah, damn it.
1: I should've I shouldn't have said that. But um <laughs> pitching is obviously the need. Uh you have rog- Is it though? Well Like how? Justify. It. Well no, so see this is where it's tough. I said this earlier in the episode and I've thought about this a lot just in my free time. The team sometimes just as a whole plays terribly. And so what do you do? You go get a bat, okay, well now the, you know you, you have Manoa go out and get absolutely rocked. Or uh, you have that situation where the bullpen collapses or something like that. So That's where I'm like, I like, I don't even like pitching is just my assumption, but at the same time, like, the the issue is the the players that this team has are are the players that are supposed to carry them to a playoff spot, deep into a playoffs, all that type of uh, situation. But okay, I think
0: I think you're wrong. I'll tell you why. The Blue Jays have a top ten rotation based on ERA, and they have a top ten bullpen by ERA. Their offense is what has been underperforming this season. You look at runs scored by the offense, they're at exactly average. They're 15th in the league in runs scored. And so, to me, that's the number one priority is improving the offense because it's been massively underperforming this year in the bullpen and the starting rotation have been good enough. And then you also, if you try to improve the bullpen and starting rotation, you, I guess, less so bullpen. But with the rotation, you run into the problem of you've already got six starters. Like, Hinjin Ryu Ryu's going to be back within a week. Uh, after this series against the Los Angeles Angels, like you already have six guys there. It's already kind of becoming this headache of what do you do with Manoa? What do you do with Ryu? Where do you move Kikuchi if you move him at all? Like, and that just becomes the same headache tenfold if you go out and inquire a guy like Marcus Stroman. So to me, the priority should be offense, it should be a power bat.
1: But mm-hmm. no, so yeah, like the two guys that I have named, um, or that I've thought of, I highly doubt they go and get either of them, but yeah, Stroman, I mean, he got absolutely rocked against the White Sox just last night, Uh, the seven earned runs, definitely not, not great, but um, overall, he's had a great season, like, for the Cubs, like, yeah, he'll get rocked uh, every couple starts, or every, you know, every whatever time, still at the rotation, but overall, it's been a very, very good start from him, and my only concern is like you look in you go into a playoff series, okay, you play say assume they play in the wild card series. You got your 3 games. You have uh Gosman, uh, uh Barrios. Honestly, I'm putting Kikuchi a bit higher than Bassett in terms of my priority for a uh for a, a playoff series. Like here's the thing. Bassett's been good, but then he'll just randomly give up like four earned runs in an inning or he'll just you'll have a bad start, something like that. Whereas Kikuchi he's been lights out all season. I mean he's had bad starts. Everybody's had bad starts, but he's been good all season long. Uh so anyways, you go say you get past that, you go to a division uh a championship or a world series, then it becomes five games and seven game series. Yeah, you can throw Chris Bassett out there for a fourth start, but honestly I would like if you improve the rotation, you are then going to improve the bullpen as well. Because, yeah, I mean, for the rest of the season, it'll be a little bit of a mess. But then you have, like, really only a need for four guys if you make it that far into the playoffs. And then the rest of them go into the bullpen. I know it kind of messes with the whole plan. Uh, you know, you go you go from a regular season plan to a playoff plan. But why not? I mean, I highly doubt it. But I would like to see Marcus Stroman come back. And it's kind of weird because, like, nobody wanted to see him back until everyone's like, oh, he's pitching well. Why not? But uh, anyways, then the I next name. you still
0: don't name, want to see him back. You don't? No,
1: I mean, I, I can put aside the personal grudges and just understand that he, he would be a nice person to have or a nice player to have. I'm not going to say the person, but it would be nice to see he just that before
0: you, before you move on, let's talk a little bit more about Stroman. Uh, Like, first off, I just don't want him on this team. Like point blank, the personal grudges that he's had against the Jays. Obviously the Jays got rid of him for a reason back in, what was it? 2018, 2019, because I don't know. He's just not a guy you want in the clubhouse around guys like Vladdy or Bo. And yeah, like it's not, I don't know. I don't want him on this team. And then, yeah, you you consider the fact that like the Blue Jays don't have room in the rotation for him. And the fact that I really don't see if they're going to spend a lot of prospect capital on making a big move. And Marcus Stroman would be a big move. Like, I, I think they're going to spend that on a bat. Like, I think they're, they're, they're going to spend that on someone like Cody Bellinger, which is the guy who's on the top of my wish list at this trade deadline because I think he is such a better fit for the Jays. Like, the 145 OPS plus, the above 300 batting average, the home runs that he's hit this season. He had another one last night. Like, that's who I think the Blue Jays should be targeting for a number of reasons. And so, yeah, Marcus Stroman... I'm not a fan of, I don't think he should be on this team, but anyways, I'm curious who your second pick is.
1: Yeah. So you mentioned how the team has, has uh, been lacking in power, right? So here's the thing, the Seattle Mariners are four and a half games out of a playoff spot. I already, I already can tell, you know, I know where you're going, um,
0: I know where you're going.
1: I cannot, same thought. I cannot imagine the Seattle Mariners legitimately think they're making the playoffs this season. Like, I know it, it's not out of the question. I know August technically hasn't started. You still have two months. But, like, the Rays are a lock. Like, I'm just looking at the the updated standings right now. The Rays are a lock, whether it's division or wildcard. Astros, I again, I don't really see them not making the playoffs. That's another team that either could be leading the division or... Making the playoffs, and then you look at the the Blue Jays again. I, I like obviously, I'm a Blue Jays fan. I'm not going to prey on their downfall, but I can't imagine that the wild card standings change that much, even with the Angels doing what they're doing. Anyways, what I'm getting at is, I don't think that the Mariners are going to make the playoffs, and they have Teoscar Hernandez on an expiring contract. Yeah. I don't think he would cost as much as a lot of people think he would. Like you look at his stats: two thirty nine average. Yeah, he has got sixteen home runs. Uh, in 102 games. I mean, just looking at his, you know, four 414 slugging, 702 OPS, uh, his RBI, 58 RBI. So it's like, can, he's not a power hitter this season. I mean, sort of the, yeah, the home runs are there, but kind of been scuffling just all throughout the season. I can't imagine he costs a ton. And I, I mean, especially if you're out of it, you, uh, out of the playoff race and he's on an expiring contract. I can't imagine that the Mariners don't at least in, uh, consider an acquire, inquiry by the Blue Jays. And it would be unique. I mean, then you have, you know, Teoscar, Dalton Varsho, Kevin Kiermaier, George Springer in that outfield. Th- that's four guys that could start. I mean, I know I prefer Varsho's defense like a thousand percent over Teoscar's, but... Let's be honest, he's a better offensive player. And even if you just put him in the, at the DH role, then that messes up Flatty and, and Brandon Belt. But regardless, I wouldn't be surprised if this power hitter is brought back to the Blue Jays, even if it's just for this one playoff run.
0: I had the exact same thought thinking through what teams could be sellers, what teams could be buyers. And you know, hearing that the Seattle Mariners are on that brink and if they end up selling, they're a team that's going to be looking to shop Teoscar Oscar Hernandez because he's out of his contract after this season. He's a free agent heading into this offseason. So, yeah, it could be a very funny marriage between a Blue Jays team that needs more power and a Mariners team that is trying to sell off one of their, um, I guess, key offensive contributors. But there's a big asterisk next to that because, as you mentioned, like his offensive numbers aren't great this season. He has a 99 OPS+, plus, which is just a hair below league average. And then, yeah, the power's there. The home runs are there. A little bit 16 home runs, but... That also comes with a lot of strikeouts. He has 131 strikeouts as of a couple of days ago, which leads all of baseball. Um, it's not pretty in terms of strikeouts. So you know what you're going to get. You're going to get a high strikeout, high power guy who's kind of settled into that three true outcome pocket where he's going to be walking, striking out, or hitting home runs and striking out more than any of the other two. And so um, is it a trade I think the Blue Jays can make? Yes. Do I think it happens? Absolutely not. Like, I don't know. I think they, they got rid of this guy for a reason. Uh, it would be emotional whiplash to the clubhouse if you traded back for him as cool as it may be for a two month reunion. Um, and as a fan, I would cheer for it. Cause I think it'd be awesome to have an old fan favorite back in the building. But I don't know. I just, it seems like one of those things that you just think about it is as too weird to happen. Um, and again, those 131 star like that's, a real problem if you're the Blue Jays and and you don't wanna um don't wanna mess around with that. And I do think like there's also a question of where he fits into this team because the same question stands for Cody Bellinger, if you go in and get someone like him, it's like you already have a pretty good outfield. Like you obviously Dalton Varsho, George Springer, Kevin Kiermeyer, uh Whit Merrifield slides into the outfield, but like if you go out and get someone like Teoscar Hernandez, who is he taking at bats away up? away from like does he play in left instead of Dalton Varsho some days does he you know you move Varsho to center and then you take Kiermaier out of the lineup and put Teosker in left field or again this stands for Bellinger as well like who are you taking at bats away from if you put these guys in you're not taking bats away from Whit Merrifield right now um he's out of the question just based on the way he's hitting and so it becomes a question of like Kevin Kiermaier Dalton Varsho I think they roll George Springer out there every day, no matter how he's playing. So like, I don't know, it becomes a a little bit of a jigsaw puzzle trying to find where these guys can fit in, but, or I mean, ultimately it could be like a a guy off the bench. Like if you acquire someone like Teoscar Hernandez, realistically, his best option may be starting three times a week and serving as a guy off the bench in every other game because his offensive numbers just haven't been good enough. If you get someone like Cody Bellinger, who has a OPS plus of like 145, then you're talking about someone who's going to be starting every day and probably taking that bats away from either Dalton Varsho or Kevin Kiermaier on a pretty regular basis. So, I don't know. Interesting uh chess match there. So, I think, yeah, those are two guys that I had on my wish list. Uh Teoscar Hernandez, Cody Bellinger, and then another guy that um, I think has been mentioned a little bit um, on the pitching side of things, Michael Lorenzen for the Detroit Tigers. The reason I like him is... A, he's not going to be front of the line. He's not going to cost you an arm and a leg, as Marcus Stroman will. And then B, he's a starter, but you can move him to the bullpen. Like Because he hasn't been absolutely stellar as a starter, he's not someone that is going to be impossible to move to the bullpen. So it serves more as a depth move where the Blue Jays can say, okay, if something happens to one of our six starters right now or two of our six starters right now, we want to have a fallback plan. Let's get Michael Lorenzen. Let's put him in the bullpen. Let's improve the bullpen for now. And then we have more depth on hand for the starting rotation if something happens as well. So um, to me, that'd be a good fit. Um, So those are kind of the three guys that I'm eyeing right now. I definitely don't want Marcus Stroman to be on the Blue Jays.
1: I guess just one last thing on the Teoscar thing. He won't cost as much, which I mean, I obviously mentioned that, but also uh you're kind of banking on him performing well like even if you barely give anything up for him you're kind of just hoping that oh it's a new i mean it's not new but like a uh you're re-entering a situation it's not what you've been in let's hope that rejuvenates you but yeah it, it i mean it would be a weird thing i mean back in november when i saw the, the notification i was like oh geez are you like really some guy named eric swanson that's who you trade him for Definitely worked out. I mean, the Blue Jays. Let's be honest. So far, they've won that trade, but uh, it would be weird to see him back. Uh, I'm I'm open to it. I mean, honestly, I am open to a Strowman reunion too. But it's we'll have to see. We'll have to see what this team truly values as as their weaknesses and what they want to improve and how uh, how confident they are in this group. Because if, like I said earlier. If you're confident in the rotation, obviously the bullpen's going to get some acquisitions, injuries, and trades, but it's really just offense, I think, and even if you truly think, it, yeah, this is the offense that'll take us deep into the playoffs, do they go out and make a huge move? I feel like they're going to make a move, but what type of move they make and the type of player they acquire will really tell us how comfortable and confident they are in this team.
0: Gonna be fun times ahead. Regardless, the trade deadline's sitting on Tuesday, August first, six PM. We're looking forward to it, and we'll be keeping track of all the action. I guess we've got one more episode in us before the trade deadline rolls around. So we will reassess on uh, either Sunday or Monday when we record to look at how the Blue Jays are playing, what the situation is. If we've heard anything else, because by and large, like I guess the the things started moving a little bit yesterday. Like we had trades. Los Angeles Dodgers have now have Kike Hernandez. The Angels acquiring Lucas Giolito. So, like, slowly, now we're starting to see the pieces move a little bit. And so, I think it'll heat up by the time we record next. But we really don't have a lot. Like, the one solid rumor that we've got for the Blue Jays is Marcus Stroman. Like, we haven't heard much in the way of anything else. And, of course, we do have one deal that happened this week. And that's the Blue Jays acquiring infielder Mason McCoy from the Seattle Mariners speaking of trades with the Mariners, Mason McCoy coming over for Trent Thornton. Um in terms of like talking about big deals, this is not it. Um Mason McCoy, career minor leaguer has spent the last 3 years in AAA Trent Thornton. We know what Trent Thornton is. Um this is a nothing burger, but we are anticipating hopefully bigger deals down the line. Um okay, is it time for series predictions?
1: Uh, I or do think you that, have anything else to add? No, I think that covers everything. We had, I mean, we actually talked about the trades more than I thought we would, so that we kind of got through everything.
0: Yeah, it's an exciting time for the Jays. Like, regardless, no matter what team you're cheering for, a trade deadline is exciting because things are going to happen, pieces are going to move, you're going to get a better idea of what your team is going to be for the next two months, and hopefully, you're going to have exciting new players to cheer for. But I think with the Jays, it's like even more exciting. I think because at least for me, I hope it can serve as sort of a reset, like kind of a Like, we talk about the disappointments of this team and how weird it's been, but hopefully you can have a good trade deadline, get some guys, put some new energy into this team, and then you go, okay, it's go time. Like, we're five and a half games back of the division. We're trying to build up a little bit more of a lead in the wildcard race. Let's go for it. And hopefully that's what the Blue Jays get this uh, trade deadline. Above everything else, they need to do enough to put some energy into this team, and hopefully they do that. Um, Okay, weekend series... Go ahead.
1: No, I was just gonna say it's not even just the trade deadline that I'm excited about. Like, yes, the um the, the acquisitions, but remember months ago we're like, oh Chad Green or Hunjin Ryu, maybe they'll be back around the trade deadline. Like I mean, Chad Green's a little bit of a still a little bit of a, of a ways away, but I've seen rumors about Hinjin Ryu like starting in this next series or in the next the series after that. Like he is right around the corner. And I remember when he first had his Tommy John surgery. I know I was the one that's like, "Oh yeah, no way, 12 to 18 months recovery. No way he pitches again for this team." I'm happily eating my words like, "He's going to pitch for this team." Probably not before eh, before July ends. Yeah, probably not. Not probably not before July ends, but within the next 2 weeks he is going to pitch a game for the Toronto Blue Jays and I'm like ridiculously excited about this. So it's not even just the trades, it's what I think the next 2 months of baseball really do mean for this team. Like it's it's going to be fun. Unless they collapse, then it won't be fun at all. But I, I, <laughs> I highly doubt that, that happens. <laughs> I highly yeah. doubt that happens.
0: Don't put that into the universe. Um yeah, I mean there's a possibility that Ryu comes back for Monday against the Orioles. Neither team has announced their starters for that game. Um I mean or and and that would be the last day of July or any of the other games of that series obviously uh for the Blue Jays playing Monday Tuesday and Wednesday against the Orioles so I don't know and um yeah like I guess you're not trying to rush Ryu back but it's nice to have him back as soon as possible um I guess if you're not having him back before the trade deadline it doesn't really matter because in ideal world you get him back like one or two weeks before the trade deadline and you can figure out like okay, this is what we have in him. This is what we know we have for starter depth now. Do we need to go out and get someone? And so um, it'd be nice to know that a little bit ahead of time, but of course the Jays don't. So it is what it is. Um, Okay, series, Los Angeles Angels. We were supposed to get Shoei Otani on Friday night. Shoei Otani is no longer pitching Friday night. He got moved to today's start on Thursday um, for the Los Angeles Angels, who aren't playing the Jays. They're wrapping up a four-game series against... Let's see who it is. Uh, the Tigers. Tigers. Oh, it's a it's a makeup of a rainout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, he's sorry. pitching one of the um,
1: doubleheaders, so he's not. Uh, right. Not playing two games, and then pitching tomorrow.
0: Okay. Well, bottom line: the Jays have Kevin Gosman. They got Alec Manoa, and they got Jose Brios on the mound Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The um, Angels have Reed Detmers, and uh, on Friday night, going up against Gosman, it's going to be I a guy that, that I lie. didn't know. Yeah, Chase Silseth? I guess I haven't heard that name before. He's got a 4.44 ERA this season. It's going to be Reed Detmer Saturday against um, Alec Manoa. And then Sunday uh, it's going to be Tyler Anderson on the mound against Jose Burrios. Uh, what are your series predictions for this one? This is a very important series for the angels. The blue Jays could basically, this, this kind of decides, I guess, well, not anymore, right? The anticipation was this would decide whether they're buyers and sellers That's kind of changed because they got Lucas Giolito. They've said they're not trading Shohei Ohtani. So, like, they're kind of already in the buyer's camp. Um, I still think this is important to kind of prove their case for the Angels to say, like, yeah, we're going for it, and this is what we can do against good teams. But anyways, exciting series ahead.
1: Mm -hmm. No, I would – I really want to see the series. Like, this will be interesting. I mean, the Angels – like, I know the whole Shohei Ohtani thing. Like, I'm I'm quite shocked, honestly, what they're doing right now. Not – uh, taking or not trading him saying straight up no he's off the market um, but we will see what happens in the offseason with Otani but regardless I, I here's the thing the Angels look better now but I still don't think that they're there yet like it almost reminds me of the 2015 Blue Jays where it's like maybe they can win but you still have to go out and make a bunch of acquisitions so like I don't want to say the Manoa game is an automatic lose, and you take two of three, but like I can't imagine a different scenario. I mean, you look at what Manoa's been doing. I mean, he's he's been back. Obviously, is it two? Yeah, two starts, or excuse me, three starts now. He was better against the Mariners, terrible against the Padres. I mean, great against the terrible Detroit Tigers. So. You know what? No, I'm I. I drafted him in fantasy. I've, I've hyped this guy up all season. I would not be surprised if the Blue Jays lose the Gosman game and then win the second two games of the series. What? I'm. Um, it, it could happen. If they were facing Shohei I mean, Otani, I'd say absolutely it's no. It's not we'll go going by. to. I mean. What? Okay. To be fair, Why would you is... think
0: they're gonna win the Manoa start and lose the Gosman start? Okay.
1: To be fair, neither pitcher is very good in that game. Like, if you're going to that game, bring your glove because you were gonna catch a ball, whether it's home run or, God knows what. But um. Okay. Th- th- to be fair, that game is more of a coin flip. Like, you look at it. Reed Dem- Detmer's—he's not having a good season either. Like, I know Manoa's statistically worse, but if I'm betting yeah, on like, someone,
0: you're talking Kevin Gosman versus Chase Silseth. It was a 4.44 ERA. We've never heard his name before. Like I don't, I've heard Reed Detmer's name before because he tossed a no hitter in like one of his first major league starts.
1: Like I, but I like, sometimes your predictions baffle but, me. Okay, here's the thing: the Blue Jays for some reason never score when Gosman's on the mound. Like what's what's his his run support per game is like just above three, I think, off the top of my head. Like I remember, the, I, I think it was the oh, what, what team was it? There was a game I went to where Gosman where he got that. 1500 strikeout marker or whatever the mark was Uh, he had a no hitter through like half the game four and two thirds almost at five innings Blue Jays Jays got shut out three to nothing like they don't score when this guy's on the mound it is brutal so I would not be shocked if uh, I'm not saying Gosman's gonna gonna perform uh, poorly but I wouldn't be surprised if this offense is still uh, I mean yeah they scored eight runs in the last game but I wouldn't be surprised if they're a little bit shaky
0: okay Have fun losing more ground in the standings. (laughs) Not happening. Um, Bryson has got his guess in. He says they take two of three and they lose the middle game, and that's Manoa's start. And I'm going to say the exact same thing. They take two of three, they lose the Manoa start because, like, logically, that's (laughs) what you would pick. The Blue Jays have a Cy Young contender on the mound in Friday's game. They've got an incredible starter on the mound in Sunday's game. And Saturday's game, that's the one where the matchup doesn't look so good. With uh, Reed Detmers and Alec Manoa, so that's what I'm going to pick. And Jacob, I think you're uh, out for lunch on this one. I think you're lo- going to lose a little bit more ground in the standings. Which, as things stand now, Bryson leads with 51 points. I'm in second at 48 points, and Jacob, you are in third at 33 points. Um, so I'm starting to see why you are uh, so far back in the standings.
1: Nah, it, it's uh, you know what if I'm if if my series is perfect, I get to overtake first right away. Mm,
0: Yeah, I don't think it works that way. Um, (laughs) Okay, thank you to everyone who tuned in to this episode. We're going to be eagerly watching the trade deadline and the hot stove and the open market for what happens over the next couple days. And we will be back at the end of this series. As always, you can support our podcast by going to the links below this episode. That takes you to our Instagram, our Twitter, our uh, TikTok, our YouTube, our Spotify page, our Apple Podcast page, our Google Podcast page, our Amazon Podcast page, uh, a Bias Coffee page, our Discord, which you can join and chat with other baseball fans. We've got tons of things going on. You can check them all out below this episode. And as always, we will catch you next time.